We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Kansas defense is back. That and more. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. The Kansas Jayhawks take care of Tennessee Tech. 56-10, an absolute dominant performance from the Kansas Jayhawks. What's up, everybody? This is Booth Review, post-game show, and live from the booth right now, doing Booth (laughs) Review from the booth, Mm -hmm. is Scott Chasen. Scott, what's good, buddy? Well, hey, Ken, it was an impressive, it was a dominating game. And the only thing I regret is that I'm not wearing a fantastic Charlie Hustle shirt since I was in a working press box. I had yeah. to put on a button down, but um, <laughs> I, I don't even know if we had to mention them today, but hey, I just like all the stuff they've given us. No, Ken, it was incredibly impressive. Um, I, I want to hear what impressed you most. I, I thought KU came out and made a statement with its first offensive play lining up with three running backs. I thought that was pretty telling. I mean, look, we know the direction of this team. We know where they want to go. They start the game with three running backs. I believe the first play was a run play. Look how many running backs made it onto the stat sheet. Devin Neal was impressive at times. Daniel Hyshaw was very impressive. Kai Thomas showed what he can do. Um, Savion Morrison, even before, you know, obviously the turnover, he looked good. Can't talk about that offense a little bit. That was something. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, they, they had a little bit of option game going there. They, they tried early and often, and, and honestly, you know, the first play wasn't great. was, you know, I gained a zero, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's an yeah. interesting little look. Nice little wrinkle there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, boy, it, they, it got going. It got going a little bit after that. I loved getting to see how this team was going to utilize some of their players. And, you know, we talked about, you know, figuring out how to play to the strengths of their team. I, I was impressed with all the variety of personnel groupings that this team put out mm-hmm. there. We talked about Tavita Noah early. I mean, even Tavita Noah, they found ways to utilize Tanita, Tavita Noah as like an insert blocker out of the backfield on some of those triple option plays. The, they, they showed a lot of diversity in their offense throughout the entirety of the day. And it started, you know, showing some new stuff here. <laughs> yeah, It was kind that? of exciting to see that. <laughs> Kent, it was exciting to see that. And, the creativity offensively, I want to talk definitely defense too. And I actually just got done talking to Lonnie Phelps. I sat down with him a little bit after he did, you know, his kind of general media post game. And um, 
there were just so many, like, I wasn't expecting to have this many takeaways and I don't, you can't have a ton of them, right? Like KU was more physical and more athletic. I, from that perspective, Scott, I think you can, man. (laughs) I think you can, but please go. But no formation. It's the formations. It's how they used guys. And, and look, that running back split was impressive. Um, there was a time I checked in the third quarter where it was like four carries, five carries, four carries, and they were finding different ways to get them the ball. I mean, think about the number of times, by the way, you saw a handoff. And even if it was a handoff, the quarterback's wheeling the other way. And there's a guy running right alongside him, maybe setting up something for down the road. Um, this was a new look. These were new wrinkles. And this was uh, less vanilla than I expected from KU uh, for this game. And obviously it showed on the scoreboard, you know, Lance just said, um, Lance Leipold, that hey, KU is not in a place where it can think about other teams it's playing like, oh, this isn't a very good program because KU hasn't had a ton of wins itself. I thought they kind of took this game a little bit more seriously than I thought they would. I, I kind of had a feeling, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I picked I picked KU to cover, you know, <laughs> and I felt good about it, honestly. Like, I, I – the the uh the scared Kansas fan in me <laughs> was a little bit hesitant maybe to, to to be all in on this, but I wasn't overly surprised by what we just saw because I think this team is sick of losing. I think they're sick of the losing culture, and I think that this is a a culture established now, a well established culture that is lending itself to you know focus, competition, intensity taking care of business, doing your job. And I think you saw that throughout the two deep. When you got into the fourth quarter, I think a lot of really positive things happened there too. And so, I mean, I I was, and this, I mean, there's so many places that this could go and this is just kind of freestyle, Mm -hmm. but like, I'll just, I'll segue here really quick. I looked at that second team defense. I looked at Eric Gilliard. I looked at, but I looked at Gavin Potter out on the field and Edmund White Schultz and, um, you know, uh, Jelani Arnold, these were all guys like that playing deep into the fourth quarter that this, this team had to rely on, you know, in, in previous yeah. years. And it's just like, this is where you're at. This is where you're mm-hmm. at. KU fans. Like your team has legitimate depth. I think you absolutely saw that on the offensive line, uh, or on the defense side, on the defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. you saw it in the running back room. You saw a linebacker. You saw, you saw it basically on the entirety of the defense. Can I give you one? Can I give you oh. one on defense that impressed me? How about yeah. Jared Paul? Like yeah. he, dude's just everywhere. And, and again, not in the starting group. I mean, he, he mixed in a little bit with those guys, but yeah, playing majority second half. I, I was really impressed by him. I think there are still some guys you can tell maybe they don't quite get it yet, especially in that transfer room. I think Lorenzo McCaskill's one that mm-hmm. I want to see. I, I want to see a little bit more maybe when he gets more comfortable. Think about just the transfers today. I thought Lonnie Phelps was a monster. I, I mean, this dude is a game wrecker, three sacks. And I, I asked him about, like, what is his goal here after the game? And he's like, I just want to make them do something that they don't want to do. If that's bringing a second guy, if that's changing their offense to get away from them, mm. uh, from him. And, and they didn't do that. He had three sacks. I thought he was um, completely disruptive as the game went on. And Craig Young, I mean, if you're, if you're going to be a linebacker at Kansas, you've got to cover sometimes. They lined him up in the slot. He had to cover one-on-one in those situations. I thought he held up. Um, and, and I thought he made plays all around the ball. I was really impressed by their defense. And, and that was all over the two deep. Yeah, and the transfers make all the difference in the world, and how old they are up front makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Kansas was far and away a superior team, and last year's year's Kansas team 
doesn't doesn't lose doesn't win a nail biter to this to this team that you just saw. Okay, it's it what you know it wasn't going to be a 10-7 nail biter like you saw. Mm-hmm. They would have won comfortably. But what I what I got excited about was can't like and I said I wanted to see Kansas look the part. Kansas looks the part. They look the part of a Power Five football program. They dominated. They absolutely dominated up front both sides of the football. Like yeah. they were, they were, they were an absolute wall on on the defensive line. They had no answers in the run game. Um, the, I don't think KU gave up an explosive play until mid fourth quarter. I can't. Re- I don't think I. I was there at the booth. By the way, I went. Yeah. I, I did my part. I was there. I brought my six year old. I brought my <laughs> six year old uh, to the game, and he had the time of his life. He wanted to leave a bit, a little bit early, so I kind of had to, you know, listen on the way home. But Kent, you know what the explosive play was that you missed? It was a muffed punt because without that, I mean, that was the only chance mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee Tech even had offensively was after what Luke Grimm tries to dive after a punt, they get it back and then they're right there in scoring range and they get a field goal out of it. That was mm-hmm. it until the fourth quarter. Yeah. They, they really, they, 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 they kept him at bay. They really did mm-hmm. and dominated on both sides of the line. And like, that's what you want to see. Like that is exactly what you want to see is just an overwhelming dominant performance. And KU looks the part of a power five football program. They blew the uh, spread out of the water. Speaking of spread, the wait is over. Draft I'm Kings so play. mad. Ken, I'm interrupting <laughs> you. I, I was about to type to you in chat. I had the perfect segue to set you up. And I was going to say, it sounds like you had Kansas minus 30 and a half. Did you have that? I did. Uh, <laughs> as one of my free bets. The wait is over. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on some game parlays spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Thursday night, uh, th- last night was the was kind of the opening night for college football. Friday night, you got to watch your Kansas uh, Jayhawks whoop up on Tennessee Tech. If you want more action, uh, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings Early win promotions. Get up uh, seven and you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sports app now uh, and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling, gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21-plus. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early uh, win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas. On behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking about the defensive line. And, I, you know, I one of the other things I, I look at, you know, I, they built the wall so extremely well on the, on, on the defensive side of the ball. And this team was absolutely overmatched. Don't get me wrong. But the other thing that I was just blown away by and just kind of stunned um, – was how good KU was on the edges and getting to yeah. the edge and containing any kind of edge runs. T- Tennessee Tech had no answer. They really they didn't have any answers anywhere. And obviously, some of that's just they're bad. They're not a good football team. But at the same time, just watching what KU was able to do and how um, you know how improved they are in the back seven of that defense, mm-hmm. how quick they were to react. I mean, you saw you saw guys flash. You saw why Taiwan Berryhill you know was able to hold off you know, some comp- competition at the linebackers position. You saw why Craig Young got so much hype mm-hmm. uh, in the, uh, you know, early, you know, in, in preseason and in, in all that stuff. Like these guys are are viable players that present some unique, you know, some unique problems for defenses and their ability on the edge was outstanding. Yeah. Well, Kent, there were like two or three things that stood out just with how KU played that sort of contain when, when, you know, Tennessee Tech tried to go or, or get outside, turn the corner against them. The first was just how athletic the defensive line was in making plays sideline to sideline. There were twice where I saw a defensive tackle make a play all the way over on the side, and it's not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I think that's a it. function yeah. of, uh, you know, some of the guys less miles recruited even. You think about maybe being an end in a, you know, a 3-4 defense. Now they're moving inside. Maybe they're a little bit more, you know, maybe they're, they're playing a, a somewhat of a different role where they would have larger responsibilities, certain, certainly have to defend more of the field. And now they're kind of adjusting to the system, maintaining some of that athleticism and turning them into explosive plays. Second, I thought you nailed it with the linebackers. They were all over the field. You know, I mentioned on Twitter, I had a, there were a couple of guys standing out to me, Lonnie Phelps obviously being one, Craig Young being the other. And I got a ton of Taiwan Berryhill reply, just like, hey, what about him? No, the linebackers were everywhere. And I, I thought it wasn't just one of them. I thought it was at least three, four guys that you start to feel pretty good about. And that was something you alluded to. The last thing, I, this just looked like a KU team that had a plan and looked prepared. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes that, you know, it can be overstated and it's the first game and all that, but this is year two under Brian Borland. And, you know, as simple as things had to be at times last year, now it's figure it out or, you know, they've got someone else who's going to play because they know what they're doing because they've been around. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was an accident that OJ Burroughs started at safety. I don't think it was an accident that Jacoby Bryant and Romello Dotson started at cornerback. They could have gone with transfers there. They didn't. Rich Miller uh, started at linebacker. Taiwan Berryhill started at linebacker. These were returning guys who knew the plan and knew what they were doing. And I think that's why Brian Borland trusted them. Obviously, you did see some transfers. We've mentioned some. They flashed. But I think Key was a plan now, Kent, and I think they know it a little bit better. 
absolutely like the 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 culture is established the system is established the expectations have been established and i you know i i still think there's you know there's a lot to like about the 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 transfers that this team brought in and they have provided you know they provided some quality players too like i you know i think there's i think you can look at the the impact of the transfers for sure but they also brought that competition and that was something that was invaluable to you know this team and what they desperately needed i you know and i i it's weird. It's like KU, KU had capable players last year and they had mm-hmm. players with promise. And I think the players with promise are still on the field. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, they got pushed in a, in a real tangible way. And you saw guys that didn't have really a ton of competition last year that maybe weren't up to snuff playing late into the fourth quarter. Uh, it's, it's really an encouraging sign. Uh, and, and I'm blown away by the defense. Like I was just amazed at, you know, what this team was able to do, how dominant they were. And like, that's just that's the first step, right? You know, just mm-hmm. overwhelming an inferior opponent and really making them look awful. I mean, yeah. they they Tennessee Tech was terrible. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And again, Kansas last year beats this team comfortably. Uh, yeah. But this is different. This is different. What we saw was different. And I think you look at the building blocks. You look at you know some of the ta- like the you know the fact that they like they didn't generate any explosive plays. Like it was a dominant performance. It was overwhelmingly good and dominant. You saw you know some of the you know the ways that different guys can be used. You saw the backs all flash. Mm-hmm. You saw Jalen Daniels in the run game. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the offense played that well. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy. I think that they left a lot on the field. I think, you know, there was a few moments like Jalen Daniels touchdown on third down, the touchdown run on third down in the red mm-hmm. zone. That was, that was, I'm a better football, yeah. I'm just a better athlete than you. That wasn't, I, we, th- that wasn't Kansas out executing. That was actually another poor red zone, you know, possession. I don't even know if the, like the, the goal line fade on fourth and two, LJ Arnold was one of my least favorite play calls of the entire night. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some, and and he still had a hand. He still had it, and he almost had two hands on it. It, it got ripped away. Don't like it. I know, yeah. like, it, yeah. It, I just look at you know. There's so many little things. You saw Luke Graham fumbling the football. That wasn't their best. That wasn't Kansas's best performance, and it was still just just overwhelming. That's so encouraging. I think if you're a KU fan, yeah. You talk. You know, the two minute drill. You talk about encouraging that two minute drill that Jalen Daniels ran. And it was so pinpoint and that, you know, I looked up his stats at halftime. He's 14 of 15 and the 15th, you know, the incompletion is that fade to, to LJ Arnold that again, he had his hands on. It wasn't a poorly placed ball. Now I don't like the fade either, partly because if the defense makes a great, you're, you're putting the ball in a position where the defense can make a great play. Um, and that's absolutely, you know, what they did ripping it away, whichever cornerback that was that, that kind of knocked it down. But mm-hmm. yeah, Jalen Daniels was, in the first half, very pinpoint. I think Lance Leipold felt like he got a little greedy in the second half. He felt comfortable with the lead. Thought he could kind of force the ball between the guys. I don't know what that. In, I don't know what that interception was. Yeah, I know they I, were I trying to. That. They're trying a little fake like slip mm-hmm. or something like that, and he thought he had something he didn't, and there was three guys there that he didn't think were there or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was. I, well, just talking to Lance Leipold, it sounded like it was a, or, or just hearing from him, it sounded like it, it was, you know, what the score is. And and again, greedy was the word he used. Mm. Um, no, I, obviously a show a throw he shouldn't have made, but didn't, I, I'm guessing you came away pretty encouraged with that first half. I mean, starting with that first third and 10, like that was the first moment where I was like, okay, like Kansas is in kind of a, you know, Kansas is not running on schedule right now. 
let's see what happens. That was one. And then the bomb to Quentin Skinner. I thought that was another one where even though it was a design deep shot and, and certainly he was looking for that, there's a lot of moving parts to that. There's the fake toss. Then he's looking, you know, uh, to his left, you know, for kind of a short route. Then he's he's got to get his eyes downfield. He's got to locate his receiver. He's got to place it over the top. That's not a throw he makes in his first year. That is maybe a throw he makes in his second year. It was perfect in his third year. I, I thought that was great. It was nuts. And I I keep going back and forth on a few of these plays and a few mm-hmm. of these past concepts where the execution was outstanding. And I mean, Jalen Daniels rolling left, setting his feet and delivering a absolute yeah. bomb down the field to Quentin Skinner, the biggest pass play of the game. Quentin Skinner led the led the Jayhawks in receiving today uh, with that one catch. Um, I I was more encouraged and intrigued by when things went a little bit wrong because some of those plays I want to believe will be there against West Virginia, but I'm not, I'm not convinced entirely that it will be as clean as that. Right. But then you see the, some of the Jalen Daniel stuff that was so encouraging last year where, you know, he had, he had, he had some front side pressure on one play it was a messy pocket. He had to throw athletically through a dart in the middle of the field to, to mm-hmm. move the sticks. Those were some of the plays that I got really excited about. And then you saw his ability with his legs. I wanted yeah. to protect himself a little bit more. That option play that he actually wound up keeping, mm-hmm. he, I think, probably didn't need to take the same kind of hit he did. He needs to be mindful of protecting himself. But I was, I was encouraged to see a little bit of that, too. I, his performance was very, very solid, very, very strong. I mean, he's still a 19-year-old kid. There's a lot to like about what you saw. I'll tell you what, there's a lot to like what you saw about Jason Bean too. Yeah. I, Jason Bean had an off. He had one, I think going to his left where he kind of, you mm-hmm. know, sidearmed it and got it in there real, real quick. Just on, on Jalen Daniels too. You might be talking about this throw. I mean, the one where he got hit and he still delivered the ball. I, I mean, that, again, that, that one was just, too, yeah, I think that was, that I, was that during the two minute drill. I think it was. Um, I think it was during the two-minute <laughs> drill. And, like, it, it's like I mean, he, he still was able to deliver, deliver that ball with touch. And, I mean, it was it was impressive. Yeah. But Jason Bean, I'm glad you brought him up because, you know, I was kind of hoping that we would get to see extended run from Jason Bean. We did get to see that. I, I think he only completed, like, one pass. But he led the offense on a drive. And then, obviously, similarly, on one of those option plays that he could have pitched it, you know, he was going to take it himself the whole way. I think he had Stephen McBride running with him, maybe, if I'm remembering he that did. right. Yeah. yeah. But come on, it's Jason Bean. He was going to be fast enough in this game to get to the edge. Um, what you, would you think about Jason Bean? I think they need to introduce a package or two with him on the field running that triple option stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Running that. I mean, they, the, I mean, KU was kind of running kind of a version of like what Jamie Chadwell does at Coastal Carolina. Like that was kind of what I was seeing a little bit of them with some of the, you know, the, the pitch man, the option, they still got the lead blocker and the, the insert blocker. It's beautiful. And there's a lot that they can build off of that. I actually think it was pretty vanilla. Uh, on mm-hmm. Honestly, Scott, like when I, I, even some of the concepts, like, yes, they introduced some new kind of run concepts that maybe were new to, you know, yeah. KU fans. But at the same time, I think a lot of this offense was very, was, was still very vanilla. A lot of half field reads on the, in the passing game, um, you know, still some, you know, the, obviously they, they mix introduce some new concepts, but Jason Bean looked great running that stuff. And he's got that linear speed. I think it can actually play. It, it can lend itself well to a guy wanting to get out on the edge. 
he's not the shiftiest guy. We've talked about this. I think Jalen Daniels is actually a little bit more shifty. Jason Bean's got that linear speed out on the edge. It's really impressive. And I think that I think KU might want to consider introducing that a little bit um, in not garbage time. Honestly, that could be a package that we see at some point because I he looked great running it. Yeah. Ken, I was a little surprised. I agree with you. You know, we didn't see the full complement. In fact, the number of times where the quarterback even kept it to even kind of get into some of that stuff was limited. I was a little surprised they showed it, though. Um, I was expecting maybe that to come a little bit later, but hey, we'll see. I'm sure they have a lot of tricks, and and you know that's what I mean. Andy Kotelnicki loves nothing more than figuring out ways to set you up for something and then designing 25 plays off of it and then giving some hilarious metaphor in a press conference that explains perfectly why exactly he did that. Um, we're it, we're gonna have a go okay. no. I was just saying, you know, if you're, you you kind of you know like you want to show as little as you possibly can, right? Yeah. But you know the, the the contrast is now West Virginia has to spend a lot of time on blocking schemes that they weren't expecting to deal with, and it's drastically different than what they just saw against Pitt, and it's not something they've probably been expecting to see out of kansas because this is a different look for them than kansas has introduced the personnel makes all the sense in the world why they did it but i mean now west virginia is going to be racking their brains all week trying to prepare for that okay we're going to have another opportunity midweek to talk about this game but i want to hit this one topic with you here your number one takeaway the game is over it ended like an hour or whatever ago you're, you're, you know, talking to someone tomorrow about the game. Like, what is that first thing you're going to tell them? The night and day difference on the defensive side of the ball. It's mm-hmm. just, I know Tennessee Tech is terrible, but I can't but help but be encouraged by what we saw from the depth of this defense and the talent on this defense, the execution. Good Lord, how hard <laughs> was this team hitting? Yeah, you heard the the reactions that this crowd was this excellent crowd, by the way. Yeah, excellent crowd was giving the defense with some of these hits. These guys were flying around, physical, playing fast, playing free, and they looked the part. I am blown away by the growth on the defensive side of the ball. Lonnie Phelps, by the way, blown away by the crowd. He mentioned that he said it's the best crowd he's ever played in front of, which. I mean, Kansas, if anyone who's been around Kansas knows that has very seldom been the case. In fact, I was reading an old story where Joe Deneen, who's a local guy, was talking about you know how upset he was in a game against Iowa State, um, even dropped an expletive just talking about, hey, this is an Iowa State home game being played in Lawrence. Well, uh, you know, this was one of the best attended KU openers I can remember. And yeah, defensively, there was a hit by Edwin White Schultz where I was like, whoa, like the second teamers are coming in and laying the wood mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, K defensive players really seem to feed off that energy. Man, I, I was impressed with a number of guys. We, I think we agree we have to see it, um, you know, against some of this better competition. But what KU showed today, I, I think, went beyond competency. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives you some promise. Like that, it doesn't change the projection of this team. If you think – you know, KU's going to win three or four. You probably still think KU's going to win three or four um, and, and vice versa, you know, and the, and the same if you think they'll win fewer or more. But like what you saw today, I mean, I, I look all around the country. I see a lot of power five teams struggling with, you know, their their buy game or their gimme game or their, week, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. KU made it a point pretty much, at, you know, from the time Jacoby Bryant returned that kick off or uh, blocked kick for a touchdown. KU was like, no, you're not getting back into this game. This is going to be a blowout. And it just continued to get worse and worse 
you know, for Tennessee Tech in a way that I've seen it on the other side. Like yeah. I've seen that happen to Kansas a billion times. I thought that was so impressive. Kansas looked really good. And uh, we'll, we'll know more what this means in a few weeks. But yeah, that's my takeaway. I, I was just impressed. Yeah, you should be. I think everyone that watched that game should be impressed with what you saw. There's tangible things to be excited about. I mean, and there's a lot of room to grow still. And I think that I don't think this team's played. I don't think they played their best football. I think there's another level that this team can take it. Um, uh, and that level is going to be what gets them a couple big 12 wins ultimately this season. That, you know, the, the, the level that they can take it, they can catch a couple teams. TCU's in a battle right now with Colorado. I mean, I'm I'm keeping an eye on everybody because I think there's some. I think I think this team's going to surprise a few people this year. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back. So I don't know when this will reach. We'll be like later this week, uh, later next week uh, to uh, talk more about this game. But Kansas off on a hot start, beating Tennessee Tech 56-10 in dominant fashion. This has been Booth Review. Scott's literally from the booth right now. We'll catch you later.